0: Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lanre Falusi.
1: We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice, but don't want to be overwhelmed?
0: Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family, but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health & Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. In our Season 5 finale, we're talking about parenting styles. What are the most common types and how can you determine what your main style is? Are those social media posts on parenting styles based on science or just passing fads? And how can parents navigate this pressure to conform to the right parenting style? After all, is there a right one? Hey, Lon. Hey, Lise.
1: It's our final episode of season five. Wow.
0: (laughs) I know. Oh my goodness. And we wanted to leave our loyal listeners with a thought-provoking topic as we go on hiatus before our next season.
1: Yep. We're talking about parenting styles. You know, as physician moms, we've seen it all pretty much when it comes to how parents (laughs) approach raising their kids, right? Some are helicopter parents who might hover and
0: micromanage. Others are free-range parents who give their kids total autonomy. They're like flying planes at five. (laughs) And, you know, everything in between.
1: (laughs) That's right. And so in this episode, we'll break down the most common parenting styles and we'll share our takes as doctors and moms on the pros and cons of each approach.
0: Right. And we'll talk in this episode about parents, but we know that there may be other adults raising kids. So these styles are relevant to the grandparents, foster parents, and others who are caring for kids in their homes. So that brings us to an important point before we get into the nitty gritty. Parenting styles are influenced by so many factors. And one biggie is the way that parents were raised themselves. Totally. So I have
1: very loving, thoughtful parents. And I'm not just saying that because they might be listening to this episode. (laughs) Um, You know, but they were, you know, loving, but I would say had more of a strict authoritarian style more than anything and that was you know just the norm culturally for Nigerians even though I was raised mostly in the US but I also know that the age of a parent and the surrounding culture can really make a difference mm-hmm. as you know millennial Nigerian American parents that I know tend to lean away from authoritarian styles but really as I look back I actually appreciate the balance that my parents had yes maybe a little more strict than my friends parents but we always knew it came from a place of love and guidance, which I tried to emulate with my kids.
0: Right, I totally get that. You know, I mean, I'm the child of Indian immigrants who were also very loving and open-minded and maybe a bit more moderate than many other parents in our Indian community growing up, but they were certainly a bit more authoritarian than the culture surrounding us, yet their strong emphasis on education and religion and family, you know, all of which came from their own culture, really influenced me positively. And I think so uh, well of it when I look back on my own childhood and it's influenced how I try to raise my own kids. And, you know, I would think that we both turn out okay Passable, at least passable. I mean, the fact that I'm a crazy person can't be blamed on my parents. They can take credit for the good stuff, but I mean, the rest—the rest the it's rest on, on you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, really, why is all of this important? You know, why have there been countless studies and theories over the past seventy plus years about how parents raise their kids? Well, parenting styles really can impact kids for a lifetime.
0: Right. I mean, parenting styles have been linked to outcomes in children's physical health, their academics, their mental health including self-esteem, and how they relate to the world. So, um, you know, no pressure. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you
1: know, you know, Lisa, before you get overwhelmed by it all, I want to validate your feelings, okay? <laughs> Can you describe what you're feeling right now? I see that you want to curl up into a ball on the floor. <laughs> Would you like a
0: hug, Lisa? I I see what you did there. it's mm-hmm. It's a little gentle parenting, huh? in action? Yeah. Whatever, I'll take it. All right. bring it I, over. I, I need I'm, that hug. I'm trying it out. <laughs> I'm trying it out. <laughs> yeah, so you know what we'll get to gentle
1: parenting in a moment, including whether or not this popular trend is a healthy one for kids and parents. Um, but first, let's talk about the four main types of parenting styles based on over 50 years of research. Those are authoritarian authoritative, permissive, and uninvolved.
0: So the first one is authoritarian. And, you know, phrases that might resonate with this parenting style are my way or the highway and because I said so man if only the world responded positively to my way or the highway (laughs) you know anyone expressing the slightest bit of reluctance with what i want to do it's my way or the highway (laughs) you don't think that would work for you (laughs) i haven't had great results maybe i just haven't tried it long enough yes i think yes that's the experiment we will conduct starting tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> but this style goes along with the idea of strict parenting with high expectations. So parents who follow this parenting style tend to value obedience from their kids rather than negotiating or explaining. And when a child is not following the rules set by an authoritarian parent, the parent will enforce the consequences, which is typically some type of punishment.
1: So the benefit to this style is that you know the child may decide to obey, especially if they don't see any other option. But we do know that children raised by authoritarian parents tend to develop low self-esteem because their parents don't seem to value their opinions. They also may become aggressive if they don't learn how to express their feelings safely with their parents.
0: Right. And, you know, that brings us to the next style of parenting, which is authoritative, not to be confused with authoritarian, what we just discussed. Authoritative parenting focuses on developing a nurturing, positive relationship between the child and parent. The parent does set the rules, but they also take the time to explain to the child the reasoning behind the rules. With this style, the parent listens to and validates the child's opinion, though they may not necessarily follow all of the child's wishes. The goal is to prevent behavior issues by setting clear expectations and having reasonable consequences, but also using positive strategies like rewards and praise.
1: Yeah, and research shows that children raised by authoritative parents tend to have healthy self-esteem. And feel confident with problem solving and expressing their emotions and their opinions. They also tend to do better academically compared to other parenting styles. But, you know, everything has its pros and cons. The drawback here is that this style does take time and patience from
0: the parent. Time and patience in parenting? <laughs> Never heard of such a thing. It's not an abundance. <laughs> totally foreign concept. <laughs> So the next style of parenting is the permissive style. Similar to authoritative parents, permissive parents tend to be warm and nurturing, and they encourage their their kids to talk to them. But the difference here is that permissive parenting does not set many rules. And even if rules are set, they're rarely enforced. Or if a child begs, the permissive parent may allow the child to get out of the consequence, like getting out of timeout early.
1: Yeah, and this style might be attractive because we think that we're teaching kids independence. But really, when kids are not given guidance into their behavior, they're more likely to develop more challenging behaviors and they're more likely to struggle with school and with work. And, you know, it turns out bosses don't tend to cancel consequences. You will stay in time out at work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Darn, again, you know, what happened to my way or the highway? Right, yeah. <laughs> Something I is keep very trying. wrong. <laughs> And then there's the uninvolved parenting style, and you may also hear this referred to as neglectful parenting. A parent who follows this style doesn't set many or any rules similar to permissive parenting, but an uninvolved parent is distant rather than nurturing. They may not be aware of how their child is doing in school, who their child's friends are, and what their child's emotional needs may be. They may think that children should be able to raise themselves or that their own kids are better off without oversight from them. These parents sometimes are struggling with mental health issues or the demands of life like work and making sure bills are paid. But children of uninvolved parents do tend to have difficulty with academics, attachment and self-esteem.
1: So those are the four main parenting styles based on psychology research. But like so many things, these occur on a spectrum and there aren't always those rigid demarcations. So another way to look at parenting styles is how demanding the parent is juxtaposed with how responsive the parent is. The more demanding styles are authoritative and authoritarian styles. And we don't mean demanding in a negative way necessarily. With those styles, parents may have high expectations. And that's what's meant by being demanding. High expectations for their kids. And they may demand a lot from them, but that could be a very positive thing when it's paired with a loving relationship. The more responsive styles are the permissive and authoritative styles where parents take the time to be sensitive to their child's needs and to respond in one way or another. The uninvolved style is, you guessed it, neither demanding nor (laughs) responsive. (laughs) The kids are basically raising themselves there.
0: (laughs) So is there a best parenting style? Well, each child and each parent is different, of course, so it may not be wise for us to say that there is one best way. But you probably noticed that the authoritative style is considered both demanding and responsive. Authoritative parents expect their kids to be responsible and to solve problems, but they also communicate with their kids and let them have input into goals and decisions. For these reasons, most experts, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, recommend authoritative parenting as the most effective parenting style to help children grow to become responsible, independent, and emotionally healthy adults.
1: Great, so what about newer styles that have popped up in the media over the past several years? Attachment parenting and gentle parenting, to be specific. Attachment parenting actually grew out of attachment theory by scientists in the 1950s, but was made popular in the 2000s. So they've outlined eight principles of attachment parenting, such as lots of close physical touch, like baby wearing and breastfeeding on demand, often beyond the infant year. And responding
0: with sensitivity, especially when your child cries. Right. And advocates say that following these principles, especially during the infant and toddler years, will lead to secure, healthy attachment between the child and the parent. There are criticisms. Many attachment advocates recommend bed sharing, for example, which we know to increase the risk for SIDS in the first year of life. And attachment parenting can leave a parent pretty depleted if they're constantly responding to every whimper and cry while sacrificing their own sleep and well-being, Mm -hmm. right? And I will say that before I became a parent, a lot of what I read about attachment parenting seemed to make sense. But once my first baby came along, it did not agree with her in practice. Mm -hmm. She slept so much better once we stopped super gluing her to our bodies. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not to mention the back pain from wearing a baby all day. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which, I mean, I enjoyed some of that, but the- Sure,
0: in moderation. In moderation,
1: (laughs) right. Like back to, you know, thinking about things on a spectrum and not right. um, always to the extreme, you know, and we should say that research also shows that following those principles is not the only way to form a secure attachments.
0: Right. So as the baby gets older, people who adhere to attachment parenting often evolve to gentle parenting, which you may have seen in, oh, you know, every single Instagram post yeah. on parenting in the past couple of years. <laughs> and at the heart of gentle parenting is the idea that children need loving, gentle treatment. The idea is that consequences should be natural, not imposed by the parent. For example, if your child hits another child, she may see that other kids don't want to play with her or that the other child hits her back. So the consequence wasn't timeout or some other punishment directed by the parent. Instead, the child experienced natural consequences from her behavior. And these lessons are then discussed between the child and the parent. So if this feels...
1: A little too gentle for you, just know that we're with you.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: we would argue that we can't expect other kids or other adults for that matter who are not the parent or guardian of the child to hold the burden of teaching my child what natural consequences are. I mean, what if the other child doesn't hit back because they've been taught not to hit? Then my child may take that to mean that, oh, hitting that kid wasn't that bad unless I address it really directly with her and talk about boundaries and consequences.
0: Right. And another main tenet of gentle parenting is that parents are encouraged to validate children's feelings and to try to understand their motivations. And this does make sense in many circumstances, but there are nuances that are not always addressed when you read about these principles.
1: Right. You know, if we needed to leave the house like 10 minutes ago to get to school on time, (laughs) and my toddler's having fun with her toys rather than putting on her shoes. Gentle Parenting recommends that I, what, swallow that urge to say shoes on your feet now, (laughs) and instead (laughs) ask, you don't want to put your shoes on? Can you tell me what's going on?
0: Yes. Or validate with, I can understand that playing with that doll is more fun than putting on your footwear. And then what, like get
1: exhausted and just Put the kid's shoes on myself after (laughs) clicking her into the five-point harness of her car seat. (laughs) I mean, we got to go at some point.
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, let's move along with our lives. (laughs) Well, I mean, that is the main criticism of attachment and gentle parenting. Proponents say that these techniques teach kids to understand their emotions and to self-regulate. Which is all great. Yeah. Of course. Who is against that, right? But critics, including many parents who tried these concepts are clear that they don't work for every child and they can be quite demanding on parents, uh, you know, making them feel that, their kids are constantly in the driver's seat when they still have not fully developed critical thinking and planning skills. And it's not really the responsibility of other children to provide natural consequences in order to help raise your children. Right.
1: You know, and at the same time, we want to avoid becoming helicopter parents who hover over their children and don't allow them to solve problems on their own or have any negative experiences that can actually, you know, help to build resilience, right? So there's there's a balance across all of this.
0: Of course, as with everything. So with all of these styles and theories and concepts, what is a parent to do? (laughs) So putting it all together, we'll share our thoughts.
1: Yeah, so first check in with yourself. And as we always say, put your own oxygen mask on first. Part of what makes the authoritative parenting style so effective is that parents connect closely with their kids and they're actively involved in setting boundaries and goals and consequences together. It's so hard to do that, though, when you're sleep deprived or if you haven't had much fresh air in days, right. you know, and we spent an episode on self-care. So check out episode number 12, All By Myself Care, with tips on how to ask for help and how to really care for yourself physically and emotionally. So true.
0: I mean, you can't expect to show up as your best self with your kids if you're just treading water yourself. hmm And second, focus on that balance between being responsive to your kids while having expectations of them. High expectations can just look like setting reasonable rules and boundaries and involving your child in that process, especially as they enter into the school-aged years and beyond. Being highly responsive does not mean having all the answers or dropping everything every time your child expresses an emotion. Sometimes it just means listening and asking questions to help you and your child understand their fears and their motivations. Yeah. And
1: lastly, let's drop the guilt, right? There's so Amen. much parenting <laughs> guilt, especially among mothers. And some of it is our own internal guilt from you know unreasonable expectations that we have of ourselves. We're all imperfect people. But so much of it also is from social media or well-meaning people around us. So when in doubt, just close that app on your phone, unless it's for your favorite podcast, of course. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. We're here for you. <laughs> for you. Yes. And,
1: and you know, and just take a moment to say some of those words that could mean the world to your child. Things like, I'm listening. I'm here for you. I want to understand. I know that you can do hard things. If it feels too hard, we can try to solve it together. I'll put my phone down so we can play together. One of my favorites is, what do you want to put on first, your coat or your shoes? And will you put your shoes on already? <laughs> wait, wait, no. <laughs> Maybe not that last one. <laughs> Maybe not that
0: one. <laughs> but if that last one slips out, just take a breath. You have yes. not ruined your child forever. <laughs> it will not kill them to see you be human. <laughs> just do what we hope to teach our kids learn from the experience and try again. There exactly. will always be a chance to try it again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and now it's time for our Physician Mom Hack of the Week. The hardest times in parenting, especially with toddlers and young kids, are when you need to transition between activities and when you're out in public. So, if you're out doing something fun and you need to transition to the car to go home, that's the perfect storm just waiting for a tantrum or a meltdown. So, here's our hack. Rather than saying it's almost time to go or just 10 more minutes before we go, try giving kids a specific activity to count up to, like go down the slide six more times and then it's time to go or take 10 more shots with the basketball, and then it's time to go. This works well, especially if it feels like a big number, not just one or two, so that they'll feel like they've gotten over the activity and maybe more willing to head home. So try it out and drop us a line on social media to let us know how it works for you.
1: I mean, if I have to leave Barnes & Noble, Lisa, I guess it does help to know that I can look at six more bestsellers before I go.
0: (laughs) A woman after my own heart. I agree completely. (laughs) And eight more sips of Starbucks. You know what I mean? Like whatever it takes. (laughs) Eight, 80, you know, I could get
1: up to the 80, I think. I stand
0: corrected.
1: (laughs) And dear listeners, because we love you so much, we have a bonus hack for you today. So wondering which of the four main parenting styles you lean toward and what that approach says about you? If you are, we'll link to a short parenting style quiz in our show notes at hippocratichost.com.
0: Check it out and see if you can guess ours. Spoiler alert, we're both authoritative. (laughs) At least when we're well-rested and fully stocked up on caffeine or chocolate. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Putting on our own oxygen mask and chocolate first.
0: (laughs) We know what our oxygen is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening and for all your support. These past five seasons have been all thanks to you. We'd love to hear from you. How have you incorporated any of these parenting styles into your parenting toolbox? Let us know. Hit us up on social media. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms. And subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts because reviewing helps other people like you find the show. And if you'd like to support us with a monthly donation, just go to our website at HippocraticHost.com and click on the Become a Friend of the Show button. We'll be forever grateful. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back this summer with season six.
0: Yay! Talk to you again before you know it.
1: Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.